Hello, welcome, welcome. I'm repeating for the recording. My name's Nicholas, <laughs> and I'm super excited. We're going to be talking about art as cognition today, whatever gotcha. that means to you. So I'm, I'm going to throw it to you first, and I'm going to ask you, when I say art as cognition, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, no idea. I should. <laughs> I'm, I'm also a graduate student. Amazing. Uh, with CUNY. Um, Amazing. In what yeah. department? Uh, sociology. Cool. So I should should be able to piece something together, but uh, artist want, artist but... cognition. Uh, it's, uh, it's when you think really hard and it's, <laughs> it's art. Love it, and it's art. There you yeah. go. Perfect. Yeah, we can start there. Okay. All right. What but, is art, artist cognition to you? That's to what, me, what wow. I guess is no curious. one's asked me that. Thank you. <laughs> For me, artist cognition is a really contested phrase. Because I'm going to do the annoying philosopher thing and say that we're still arguing about what art means and we're still arguing about what cognition means. So, like, off the top of my head, I'm like, I know what this person thinks it means. I know what this person thinks it means, but I don't know, like, kind of where I fall. So maybe, I don't know, shall we break it down, do the philosophy thing? Can you give me an example? Sure. So let's say that you're a philosopher who thinks that, that art is an art work an art object is just consists of the um artifacts that you know we make human beings make intentionally in order to um to uh, conjure up some sort of aesthetic feeling right so like on this story like a shovel is not art um i don't know if i accidentally brush into a tree and knock it down <laughs> i'm not strong enough to brush into a tree and knock it down that's a bad example small tree it's a very small tree if i knock it down that's not art right so for such a person, they would say that, yeah, art is precisely those kinds of things where our like highest cognitive facilities as human beings are like activated, right? Okay. Art is when I like kind of step back from my fight or fight, when I step back from my need for food or my need for all my gut things, and I'm able to like purely and rationally consider what would make this thing beautiful. Right. Right. So that would be like the kind of purest sense of art as Cognition as conscious thought. Gotcha. Okay. That would, makes... that be, would that be compelling to you? Yeah, that, that makes more sense to me. That's something to okay. work with. Okay, so there's that. But what if I like push back and I said, okay, but like that's a pretty feeble definition of art. Because it sounds like you're presuming that only the things... Right, so like what I said was I said, art are those objects that are crafted by human hands in order to um, bring about kind of aesthetic experience, right? right? Affective experience. And what if I say, but you're presuming that only those things that are so purposely crafted can give us aesthetic experience. Right. But like, that's false. So like, I can be do the annoying art history thing and say like, you know, when Duchamp um, hung, so he hung, um, you can see it, I think it's at, the, at MoMA, I believe it's at MoMA. Right. He hung a snow shovel from the wall. Right. And he said, all right, boom, it's art now. There you go. And someone might say, that's ridiculous. You know, like a shovel right. is not art. That's stupid. It's right. like a tool. But he's poking us and saying like, well, what if you treated it as though it were art? Right. What if you tried to see what, you know, what beautiful kind of curves and colors that right. shovel has? Wouldn't that make it count as art? Well, I guess as a as a sociologist, yes, right? Yes, please hit me with your, your expertise. Uh, you know, sociologists are always always thinking about the social world, and uh, you know what makes the what makes the social world social is that it is it is all of it is interconnected. At, at all, nothing is discrete. Everything is a product of all of these other connections to yeah. it. And so, 
when we talk about art as you know discrete objects, um, you know the sociologist view of that is like, well, cool. the, you know, the, the, none of these things are concrete objects. You could you can awesome. argue that um, art is that that level of high cognition, um, but that the cognition has nothing to do with the actual object itself. It has to do with the crafting of it, right? And so, in cool. the case of a painting you're crafting some you know you're you're putting you're you're doing the traditional sort of understanding of art is you're you're taking material things and you're arranging them in a way that allows for this high cognition right and you could look at like a shovel and you could say that like well that isn't doing that and it's true but if you take that shovel and you hang that shovel up in a in a you know art museum awesome. somewhere the shovel itself is not what imbues that cognition but rather what you've done to it and the, yeah. the and and the broad social framework that surrounds it so you, it's you have changed it you you've it's not the same thing to treat it as like well can't a shovel be cognition well well by your own example no because you that's not the same shovel you've you've fundamentally changed its social cool. situation you've put it yeah. in a you've put it in a you've hung it up you've put it in a, <laughs> a place of social recognition that we all understand carries great meaning and you've you know so you've imbued it with with a level of cognition that it didn't have beforehand. No. So in the same way that taking a canvas and painting it, you're doing the same thing. Awesome. Um, so, so yeah, I guess, I guess in that, I guess that's an argument for art as cognition. Yeah, it is. That's a really, really cool argument. I, that's just such a cool, sorry. I just think that's such a cool example of how like, like a sociological perspective is like so interestingly like intervenes on the philosophical conversation. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I, no, I, I like I think sociology <laughs> and philosophy go together pretty pretty well. Good, I think so too. So here's an idea. So here's what there's this one philosopher, well, art historian philosopher. I would call him a philosopher, mm -hmm. uh, Michael Fried. Okay. Um, are you familiar with him? Who no is it? Michael Fried. I am not. Yeah. Okay. No worries. Um, I'm not a big fan. Truth be told, <laughs> but uh, he would hate what you just said okay and he would say you're right and that's exactly why modern art ha is like trash utter garbage right so he like talks about in his book um absorption and theatricality he talks about his favorite paintings which are 18th century french kind of portraitures uh -huh. right not just portraitures but um action action um uh tableaus etc etc and Very he says toast. yeah yeah it's, look he says Look, these paintings, they don't care if you're looking at them or not, uh -huh. right? So he, like, one of his favorite paintings is a painting of a young girl. I believe it's a young girl, like, doing her math lessons or something. Okay. And, like, she's about to doze off, right? She's, right. like, so tired. And he's, like, and so he's going off of this um, French critic Diderot. The two of them agree. And he's, mm -hmm. like, look at how beautiful that is. Well, what, what this painter has captured is, like, this girl alone, you know, no audience. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, not even her school mistress is like paying attention to her. And she's so like at ease and so alone that she can just kind of drift off to sleep and your presence will wake her. Mm -hmm. That, and he's like, that's like the beauty of art, that it creates this enclosed world that stands firmly on its own and doesn't need you, the audience, to right. do anything. Right. Right? That's and an absurd position. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. And so, and, he, and so he has this screed, this piece, this uh, piece he wrote that's like just the, he tears apart. Well, he thinks he tears apart successfully. Right. I would disagree. Uh, modern art. And he says, all modern art now is about the feedback loop. Mm -hmm. the, the audience is forced to consider themselves part of the art experience. They're forced to consider themselves as part of what makes the artwork an art. Right. And that's silly and dumb. He doesn't really say why it's silly or dumb. He just thinks that. And I think I would firmly disagree, and it sounds like you might disagree. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah, the idea that art can, can is 
self-contained in an object is is absurd uh right <laughs> the, the if you took that same painting and you showed it to an alien it would not have any yes. so, uh, social significance i mean the same if you took you know if you took two people and um they were from like two very different countries right two very different they're very different cultures they have wholly different mm. social ideas about things uh and one of them looks up at the cloud and says huh that cloud kind of looks like a hat um <laughs> And, the, and maybe it's a very pretty looking cloud hat. And so it's very moving. <laughs> and they, they look at this cloud and it has like yeah. strong cultural meaning to them. Uh, the other person who is from a different social environment, different culture, um, in which hats look very different. They wear different <laughs> kinds of hats. Uh, is going to look at the same cloud and is going to say that doesn't look like anything. It's just a cloud. And there's no artistic meaning there. And so, you know, there's, there can't, there's no, there's the, the cloud has not captured exactly. artistic meaning. It's not embodied in the cloud. It's where it is. If it's, if you need to locate it somewhere, it's located in the, like, like all things, located in the relationship. Yeah. Not just a relationship, but relationships. Not just the relationship between the man and the cloud, but the man and his culture and where he gets exactly. his idea of it. And the so, entire social world. Yeah, so every piece of art, I guess, is is just a, a, a crystallized moment of, of, of awesome. like a vast like network of, uh, like, incomprehensively complex. Yeah. Like, like, impo- like literally, if it, like, impossible to map out. Infinite, infinitesimally complex uh, network of social relationships that if manipulated in the right way, can be kind of pushed together to form meaning. And arguably that can happen awesome. anywhere and happens all the way, all the place, all the time. Um, and so art, I guess, is better understood as like, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you just threw glitter out onto, <laughs> onto like a, a flat plane and just in all of the, all of the places where it clumps and, and comes together and forms patterns, that's all art. It's just social meaning that's coming together, crystallizing in, in certain moments in time and space to produce wow. some kind of thing that we can perceive and understand. That's so cool. I love that way of saying it. I love crystallized kind of congealment of... And, and what I love about that picture, like as you were saying that, I started picturing like this massive brain. Art is cognition. Like I started picturing this idea that like these artworks are kind of like nodes, right? And this massive neural network mm-hmm. of like, and like yeah, like mapping the human brain is a fool's errand. It's 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 infinitesimally complex. <laughs> yeah, God, that is a hard word. Yeah. Um, and it seems like the only thing we can really do is seize upon like the individual node and like trace as far back as we can, right? Yeah. And what I like about that is, like, the, the more than just, like, a metaphor or, like, a pretty little picture, I think that really gets us at, like, the kind of operative question, again, in, like, a really interesting way, right? Because when some people would think art is cognition, and they might agree with you as far as what we've said so far, and they'd say, yes, like, art is the product, is not just the product, but is, like, deeply tied to, like, you know, the cognitive power of the individual who creates it. Right. Which is already kind of going astray from what we've not been even, saying. Not even the cognitive power, but but the cognitive relationship. Exactly, it's, it's never can never be located exactly. in one point, right? So so like Kant, right? So he he um his one of his like he he's contributed a lot. Kant's you know he's done a lot. But one thing that was kind of central to his theory of art is the notion of genius, mm-hmm. right? And so what he kind of just says is like, look, there's, there's some capacity that the human being has this this generative power to you know to create but to specifically to kind of create things that um, fit just right so when Bach writes you know his sonatas that's not just the you know 
the generation, like generativity in the sense of like he's just like vomiting out sounds. Mm-hmm. He has this brilliant capacity to arrange the sounds into this meaning that like there's no there was no roadmap for him. You know, like no one was saying like okay, you put that note there, you put that note there, and then you've got a sonata. He just he did it right. But Kant's problem, I think, and I think you might agree, is that for him, like the, this genius capacity, like that's the end of the line. He says like some individuals have this. And that's their individual power. But, like, what if instead of saying, like, Bach just had this pure generativity in which he could, like, vomit out sonatas, we said Bach came out, like, like was, I mean, Bach was born in this particular social context right. where he was caught up in these swirling, like, significations of, like, sound and meaning and emotionality. And together, those created this, this art thing. Yeah, I think that's generally what I would say. You know, the, the the position of like, yeah, people have varying abilities, but those those varying abilities aren't just sort of randomly decided. They are produced by the the circumstances surrounding the, the individual, which can never really be fully understood. Yeah. They can they can be approximated. You know, we can we can identify the factors that are, you know, affect it strongly or don't. But like again, even two people, even identical twins in exact same social positions, just the minute they start living, they're they're entering vastly different, you know, uh, complexities of social yeah. relationships. And so, it, it on one hand, while we can agree that, like, yes, um, it it is a it is this thing that is socially produced that is that is dependent on all those, the relationships around a person. It's understandable because those relationships are so complex, are so vast, are so incomprehensible, and I cannot stress enough, yeah. incomprehensible. Like, you cannot, <laughs> you cannot comprehend them. Uh, like, you can only kind of approximate it. Yeah. Uh, because they're so incomprehensible, it's, it's very understandable that people turn to that incomprehensibility and go, okay, this is a, a, exactly. some kind of, exactly. you mystify it as sort of like a, an equality or some, some kind of thing that is beyond the pale that we can't understand. Because we can't understand it. Not because it is of a different quality, but because of its quantity. Because it's, it's massive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Too, bi- too big, too, uh, at a, a level of complexity that we can't even approach to scratch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I love that. And so I'm curious, like, I'm curious what this means, like, for the artist, kind mm-hmm. of co- coming out of this, like, view. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are, like, <laughs> to like put it simply like what do we do with the artist now like who is the artist what kind of role do they have in the not just in the creative process because we've kind of got to that mm-hmm. but like what role does the artist play in our reception what's the relationship between the viewer and the artist given that their prior relationship between the artwork and the artist has now been kind of burst asunder right, right. yeah i mean I, the art the artist and the the viewer the audience are always connected to each other in this vast network right and so we're all just we're all ligaments in this immensely mm-hmm. complex network all the artist is doing which you could argue all of us are, are doing the artist mm-hmm. is just doing in a particularly defined way yeah is manipulating the the just a few just a small percentage of the of the networks around him to to or her or whatever yeah. uh to produce um something that's meaningful to the person but but that how we are connected through that network to the artist is going to radically change the way art is. And so art has always has those three dimensions, sort of where the artist is coming from, mm-hmm. what the art, where the artist is coming from and where the, where the points of connections of the note of the artists are. The actual art as it's materially embodied 
what its connections in the, that node of networks is, and then the audience, what their connections are, which is a thing that's going to constantly be changing and shifting direction all the time. Yeah. So every every single person who observes the art is going to, by changing that third node, radically change sort of what that means. And I guess like artists have to sort of think about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which That's is part of the difficult. program. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm getting a little selfish now because now we're getting close to stuff I'm working on. So I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm this is getting like, very useful to me. What do you work to on? Get. So I work on a bunch of stuff, but like mainly like race and art, right? Okay. So the, the complex interlays there. Fun. And one way I'm getting into that project is I'm thinking about camp, mm-hmm. right? So I think about these kind of like experiences of artworks where um, instead of treating them as beautiful or as sublime or whatever, we mm-hmm. kind of treat them as curios, as, as like, right. you know, fun, like, like shitty horror movies, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I don't, am I allowed to curse? Oops. Bad horror movies. Uh, <laughs> but, um, and one of the kind of central modalities in which we think of camp, since like Susan Sontag, um, like kind of wrote her, her essay about a notes on camp a few decades ago, has been the relationship of time to camp, right? Mm-hmm. So part of what makes a bad horror movie like, let, let's take, like, an 80s bad horror movie, right? Yeah, so it's like, got, like, those crappy practical effects. It's such a product of its time. And Sontag would argue our distance, right, thanks to the thanks to time, our distance from the kind of social milieu, the social context mm-hmm. of which that art is from, that kind of allows us to experience it as camp, huh. right? We, we no longer feel this, like, it, it, or, or, like, let's say, like, watching Gone with the Wind. Right, maybe that's right. even more prescient because, given like the kind of raced aspects of that, and of course, for a crowd watching that, you know, in the middle of the twentieth uh, century, when like you know, kind of, of course, race politics is still a mess, but like right. when the question of whether or not black people were human Different was not settled, conditions. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that obviously had like a di- a particular kind of emotional resonance that like not all of us will have today, right? So I'm curious, like. Uh, given that the social context um, the, the, of this complex th- kind of three-way interface um, between the artist, the artwork, and the audience is so, is so central to like artist cognition, given this definition we're working on together, mm-hmm. yeah, how does that transform our kind of experiences of art outside of those contexts? I mean, I think it just means that um, you you can't uh, you you cannot really understand define art in terms of its quality or what is and what isn't art unless unless you first set social terms for mm. for what that means um and i'm not against doing that i think that a lot of people would say you know uh you know well you know it's because the meaning of art is going to fluctuate so much b- based on who's appearing and who's watching and whatnot um yeah. it it it, it you know, then you can't define what art is. Um, and that's true, except I would add sort of that, like, but you can if at first you say, here are the qualities that make yeah, me, exactly. I'm setting forth, you know, I'm, I'm making a nominative, nom- normative, bleh, normative um, yeah, yeah, assertion yeah. of what, what is important to art. And I actually think that that is not a bad idea to do. It's just kind of a complex process of yeah. what that is. Certainly people have tried to do it many times before and nope. have not done things that we would find agreeable, but... Um, you know, I, I, as a as a you know uh, Marxist sociologist, I, I think part of what I would say is like, no, but we there there we can try to hammer out what that meaning should be, um, but but it has to be set out. You, it, there is no natural version of it. It's, yeah, it's what we decide. Exactly. It's it's 
Yeah. It, it's art, a- art, art is meaningful based on what we decide makes for meaningful art. Exactly. It's a broad social category, and that is a, that is a, a project that I am willing to endorse. Cool. Good. I'm glad, because that's kind of my project, so I'm glad cool. I have your endorsement. God, so I, this has been such a fun conversation. Um, yeah, I really appreciate like you coming and like yeah your particular perspective. I think this is just so fruitful. So I'm really glad. Thank you. Thank you. It was a good conversation. It was a fun little random thing to do in exactly. the park. Exactly. There you go. What else? Yeah. What else yeah. you got going on? I yeah. don't have anything going on. <laughs> All right. Amazing. Well. All right. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah. yeah.